So let, let me let me pause right there because there's a there's a few gems that you dropped. You know, one you you talked about knowing what you were up against yeah. as far as you know the other people that will be interviewing for these are probably going to be coming from maybe Harvard, you know, these yes. top-notch business schools where they have resources that you may not don't have mm -hmm. or may not have, you know, knowing that and still being able to prepare at the at almost the same level if not better, you know, by going out and getting a coach, getting into these um message boards or groups with other people that are in that same situation and just practicing and going back and forth and you know getting yourself to that level of preparedness at where they will probably also be yeah right i think that was that was awesome because a lot of people going for you know interviews or trying to to, to switch things don't necessarily always understand what they're up against in <laughs> these job markets you know uh secondly I think it was important what you, you had said something else about um, you wrote down your <laughs> the reason why you were leaving you were looking to leave the current job and what you hope to gain when you in the new job can you share what you hope to gain sure I hope to gain three main things number one I wanted a more rigorous approach to problem solving so at the first job, I was just like, you know, managing all, you know, I, I, want, I felt like there had to be like, what's the best practice approach to tackling problems? I just wanted a more rigorous approach, like a structured, I wanted that kind of training. Second thing I wanted, I was very curious, like consulting firms advise many of the largest companies, government, governments, frankly, I mean, so I was curious, like, what are these major CEOs on boards? What's on their mind? What are they thinking about? What kind of problems are they dealing with? I wanted to know, I was just curious. Right. And then um, the third thing was, I wanted to develop a toolkit that could potentially lead me out of oil and gas if I so desired. Because again, this whole roller coaster, that gotcha. my, on my first job, just seeing the cuts was, yeah. um, it's eye-opening until this day like i'm like that was right. crazy right. so i wanted to develop a toolkit that could potentially lead me out of that industry right nice 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 and so you get into this this job in a consultant firm yeah then how was that what did you yeah it was it was and it was challenging um what was the first part of that it we're cutting it out great. a little bit it was great and it was challenging okay so i mean <laughs> so many thoughts at the same time so my experience was unique because again i joined in the energy group i joined like in march whereas most people join consulting firms they join like after business school or law school or phd programs and they start in the fall and many of them they have interned already so they already have like their contacts their friends which is great i just started in march so it's like off cycle and non-traditional um for me it was you know i thought i was i went in there thinking yeah i can make some pretty good powerpoint slides and pretty good excel models 
I quickly learned that there are levels to this thing. I was a neophyte. So I didn't know it. <laughs> and it's I, I one of those. Even... Go ahead. Yeah, what it's, you like, it's one of those things where you're, you're like a local champion, but you don't know it. <laughs> yep. So yep. it's nice to go play in a place where there is a way to do things that's really thought out. And people who are sharp, it just helps raise your game. Um, I, one the, I learned so much more than I imagined in terms of like communication, in terms of, of just organizing my thoughts, in fact, being very structured. Like it's, it's impacted, even the way I'm talking to you today, it's, there are things in it. You'll notice me, I'll say, I'll have like the three takeaways, for example. Those are, that's consulting coaching right there. Wow. <laughs> um, like, you know, how to approach things. Uh, it's also given me, um, it also gave me confidence that I can analyze a problem. And I think engineering education teaches you that if you just persevere <laughs> and you keep attacking a problem, you can solve it eventually, right? I think consulting also gives you that kind of confidence that like you can figure out what are the key drivers of situation and figure out ways to turn things to improve the situation. So I've been, I've been a bit vague. I'll get a bit more tactical now. Um, so for me, everyone's experience in a consulting firm is extremely unique, obviously. Right. And, um, basically most of my experience was working on teams of like about four people. Um, and we are basically tasked with solving a problem. So sometimes it could be like a strategy problem. Maybe it could be like someone is trying to buy another company. Maybe it's like a procurement problem. So I'll give you more examples. So like, let's say, hmm, I'm going to make up an example to be clear. This is not real, but it could be. So let's say, let's say um, Exxon was thinking about buying Javron. Well, let's say Exxon was saying, let's say the board of Exxon, which is a big oil company, they said, okay, we need to grow. We need to accelerate our growth. And so then I bring, up, bring my company and say, okay, how can you accelerate your growth? And you can either grow organically or you can grow inorganically by acquiring someone. So either of those options is a consulting project. We can work with them to help you figure out, here's how you can grow effectively to reach your goals. Or if you want to buy someone, Okay, here's, here are the opportunities. Here's what makes sense for you to consider. Here's, you know, that sort of thing. So it was wonderful training, wonderful exposure um, to the world of business. Like for me, it was almost like my business school. I, I don't have an MBA till today, but I can hang with them. Nice. That's amazing. That is, you know, and, and obviously me and you have had, you know, these discussions one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but it's amazing that you were able to get that from, 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 from this. Uh, yeah. Where did you go from there as far as consulting? So I, I did it for a couple, almost three years, just over three years. And it's hard in terms of, it can be hard in terms of like lifestyle. For me, most of the time I was traveling, um, I fly out either Sunday nights or Monday morning, and I fly back home um, on Thursday nights or Friday every right. week wow and so that gets it's it can be challenging on relationships it can be challenging in terms of fitness i know i gained 
10, 15 pounds. <laughs> I have buddies who've gained 50 <laughs> over a couple of years, not just one year. But um, yeah. <laughs> so it can be, you know, and for me, I, 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 I wasn't convinced that um, I, I got curious. I mean, I felt like I was on the outside looking in a bit. Like I would offer recommendations to come to our clients and that's it. Like were the recommendations executed? Sometimes. Were they executed fully? Sometimes, maybe, maybe not. And so for me, I, got, I started getting curious about um, being closer to the action. Um, gotcha. As opposed to like advising people. Um, that was one thing. Um, the other thing was that the travel at that point in time was getting a bit, and for me, my mind was also extra because I was in a long distance relationship. And so I was traveling for work and on the weekend, I see my then girlfriend, now wife, but then I'd go to New York, I'd go to Boston. Then I, like, I just felt I was everywhere. Like I was always, it felt very unsettled, always in a plane, literally every three, four days. Or sometimes like it just it was a lot. So um happy to so we decided to move on. And recently this has happened like in the last couple of months. And so now I've I've joined a, a different company, new industry in financial services. Um I've joined the payment space. And payments is it's, it's a really interesting space, right? It's you know, I think of a payment as anytime you you move money. So let's say like via Venmo, you're sending Venmo, you're, you're sending a check to someone, you're sending a wire, you're putting a down payment to your house, that sort of thing. To me, payments is kind of like the pipelines for commerce. Right. That is what drives commerce. I mean, these oil companies or pharmaceutical companies, like they're trying to pay, they're trying to receive payments for uh, the services and products that they render provide, like how do you get that from A to B most effectively? And it's a space that's really ripe for disruption. And for me, one thing that's been an important thing to think about is everywhere I've gone, um, I've always thought about, okay, how can this tie back to Nigeria? How can this tie back to Africa? And, you know, for me, I, I started, when I was thinking about payments, I'm like, yeah, that definitely clear opportunities um to to do to do good and also to do well right like i know in terms of like transferring money from here to like relatives in nigeria sometimes can be a pain um then i also started thinking about just how about finances and financial independence and i ran into um the lady who runs the you the u.s reading program for west africa i met her randomly at the nigerian embassy wow and she was sharing with me like literacy rates in northern nigeria like it's crazy like literacy rates literacy rate yeah and she was sharing like about 10 percent of women can read and write only 10 in northern nigeria in the wow. south it's like 60 70 percent it's crazy and then for men, it's like only 30% of men in northern Nigeria can read or write. And I started thinking that if, if our, these brothers and sisters are not able to read and write, how can they use the internet? Hmm. 
And like, I mean, yes, like how, like the world is changing so fast. I know I'm always on my cell phone and reading so many things. Like how, how are their lives? I'm so sorry. How are their lives? Like, and so, and even business, how are they going to be empowered to do business in the future? It raises, it's really quite worrisome. I right, mean, right, right. Large chunks of our population are not, don't have the equipment to engage in the future of commerce. And then I started thinking more about, um, you know, women empowerment, because oftentimes, right, women like, well, woman is good, her kids are good. And if the kids are good, that's the future, right? And, and I just started thinking about, there are just opportunities to improve the costs of business on these people. Um, you know, for example, let's say there's a man, an Alaji, an Alaji in the North, he has three wives and each of them is like a small scale subsistence farmer. And, you know, Alaji now wants to marry his fourth wife because you know, he can. And, you know, this woman, she wants her kids to go to school. But she has to pay. And Alaji is like, ah, maybe one of the boys should go to school. He doesn't have enough money. But if she's doing business, she might be able to save and invest and keep some of that money for herself. Maybe to send her daughters to school as well. And, and but thinking like right now, like, does she have means to access those sorts of solutions for her? Or is she just keeping the money under her mattress? And under her mattress, Alaji can come when she's outside and can just carry the money and go, you know? So I, I was just thinking about this and I think there are opportunities to A, obviously like help drive literacy in the North, everywhere, frankly, but right. also let's think about how can we carry along everyone as we are marching forward in technology what one thing that worries me is like the next einstein the next elon musk whatever could be like in northern nigeria and is just like doesn't have the equipment to be all they can be right and the tools the resources the tools the resources and i think you know I know in my in my in my own family situation, like my 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 grandfather, he his um my great grandfather was like a farmer, and it was like my son, you'll be a farmer too. My grandpa was like nah, and <laughs> he he was like he told his mom that he wanted to continue his education. He wanted to move to the big city, and my grandpa was like no, this all this school you are doing not necessary. You're going to be a farmer like me. So, you know, and you mean your great grandfather. Your great grandfather, he told my grandpa. Yeah. And so he my grandpa worked with his mom and she used her contacts and she saved some money on the side. And he basically ran away. Wow. <laughs> he ran away to Lagos. And he stayed with my with his mother's cousin, his mother's uncle, I think, a relative. 
And there he learned to sew and he became a successful business owner. Wow. Um, but he had a drive within him. Luckily, he had some tools. He had gotten some basic education already. And the rest, you know, was supportive. But there, maybe the other people like my grandpa, who, who you know, are, are not able to pursue the dreams. Um, and that's unfortunate, right? The world is better off if there is more opportunity for all definitely i think finances are just one area that's really critical i mean personal finance is critical payment space is, is interesting but personal finance is really critical i think um even now with covid so many people have lost their jobs i mean it's the worst downturn fastest downturn in it's crazy Right. And it's very uncertain for even those who have their jobs. There's a lot of economic anxiety. And I think for me, one thing I recognize is that from my experience, there's always opportunity, even in the midst of a recession. We started a, we started a product and it was successful. Right? right. So there is always opportunity. Another thought for me is, and something, this is something, you know, I'm trying to do. Uh, for myself and my family is like it's critical to diversify income <laughs> and have multiple streams um live within your means um and really save and whether it's saving investing starting a small business you get into real estate but i think those things which looking back i was fortunate because my dad um continued like he just involving me in some things as a teenager and I started learning more closely um, and my brother as well and you know we my brother and I we talk about these things from time to time and I'm very grateful for that but I, I'm realizing by no means do we have this thing figured out I'm not saying we do but I'm realizing that um, like the Federal Reserve Board the America Central Bank they released a report saying I think I might mangle this slightly. About 47% of Americans, if they had to pay a $500 emergency bill, can't handle it. Would be yeah. yeah. I know. Scary. No, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not off. I, I, I saw that too. And it's just like, wow. And I think, and, what, and I read this great article by this. I think it was in the New Yorker, I'm not sure, or the Atlantic, one of them. Um, but this writer who, you know, he's like, by all, by the, on the outside, you look at me and think I'm upper middle class. And he's like, but guess what? I have a dirty secret. I am one of the 47%. And I'm like, whoa. And he's a very successful writer. He's, I think he went to an Ivy League school, master's. He's worked for all the big magazines. He's written um, books that have become movies. I mean, he's wow. a small boy. He's been very successful, very <laughs> successful writing career. He is so economically vulnerable. Right. And he walked through in detail how he got to where he is. And I was like, wow. And I, for me, the other thing, one of I think about too is like every couple of years, the Wall Street Journal, 
always highlights this high earning dual career couple, right? There's one I saw was like a doctor and a lawyer that live in Chicago and come, they make like, I don't know, 400,000. And yet they're essentially living paycheck to paycheck. And they, I think they managed to save like 10K a year and they break down their entire budget. And for years I'm like, you're earning 400K. Like, yo, surely you could save half of that, <laughs> you know? But then with age comes wisdom. And <laughs> I can understand how many people fall into that bracket because like for them, they both had grad school debt. They were paying back. They had a mortgage for a million dollar townhouse in a nice part of town or something. It wasn't extravagant. It's a three bedroom townhouse it was a heavy mortgage. Right. Um, they, they had to have a nanny that cost 60K. Kids had to go to private school. That's more money, another 60K a year. Um, then they have to go to Europe once a year because that's what they do. They work hard. They make a lot of money, right? So one, one, one trip to Europe every year. It's, it's a little indulgent for your hard work. And they both, you know, they drive BMW or Mercedes Benz. They have leases on them. They basically walk you through. I'm like, wow. Like, it's so easy to see how people can get there. And then furthermore, Elizabeth Warren, um, she wrote a book with her daughter years ago. Um, I think it's called The Two Income Trap. And talked about how two high-earning um, professionals, they're basically more like, they're three times as likely as a single person to file for bankruptcy. Wow. And it doesn't make sense because like for many people, like the dual, the dual income, dual professional thing is like, ooh, power couple, they're kind of like the dream. You're now telling them that, hey, if you get that, you're three times as likely to file for bankruptcy. Right. It, it doesn't make sense. But then when you think through People with people culturally, we, we spend money, right? People are like, okay, we earn so much, we need to have this, to have that. And next thing you know, you're really vulnerable. Like, if one thing goes wrong, all bets are off. You're, yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. And so <laughs> I think, you know, that's something for me, I'm personally becoming more passionate about. And um, again, I have a lot of friends in Orlando who have been impacted by this where on paper like one year they're having an amazing time everything is looking good they're both dual income earners they're making a lot of money they have a good life going on holiday vacations nice car everything life is good and then a layup happens and it's hard to get a job because your skill set is so is so specific it's hard for you to pivot Right. And, you know, it's not easy. So I think I wished um, colleges really emphasized um, financial awareness. Like there's a course you're required to take before you graduate. I wish not our society. I, I wish um, we talked about these things more often. Um, and... You know, but our society we tend to be a bit showy, right? Nigerians, ah, Nigerians are quite showy. And <laughs> it's just like we celebrate, we oftentimes celebrate what looks like wealth, but it's just high consumption. <laughs> it doesn't mean, like, and this is America, everything can be leased, 
<laughs> rented so, or airbnb or yeah and it's fine like i'm all for like renting and do what makes sense for you um but no but but you're you're speaking to something that you know sorry to cut you off but you're speaking you're speaking to something that that <laughs> is very it's 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 all it's every, I, I, you want to say nigerians and i and i want to say nigerians as well because we are we are we we can be a very flashy people you know um i'm just yeah i don't even really know this guy but i've heard a couple people mention this is it basket mouth or some guy that some yeah guy that, he's uh, awesome <laughs> maybe it's the wrong person oh, hush puppy hush puppy yeah uh, I, I, I'm in jail now so <laughs> it was this guy that was doing some that was flaunting yeah. on and and you know stunned on the gram you know with all this money that um that that was basically like unemployment fraud some type of fraud that he was doing you know a lot of our our we, we've seen that you know and, and and going even beyond that you know you you're, you're talking you talk about elizabeth warren's book i saw a thing that uh gabrielle union did mm-hmm. an interview that she gave towards the start of the uh, pandemic where she was talking about how you know a lot of these entertainers and these you know actors actresses you know people that you see again on instagram taking lavish trips doing x y and z now that they can't work there's there's nothing you know they need a handout there you know she was kind of yeah. advocating or saying that you know yeah they need you know being bailed out as well um and i think it's, yeah. it's so it's it's not necessarily just a nigerian it's, you know, not. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's an american and maybe even a a, a global <laughs> kind of uh, thing that that gets people it's a mindset really of of keeping yeah. up with the joneses yeah it's very um i have a lot of empathy and honestly like most people are literally one or two bad breaks from bankruptcy right um if you know if you don't have insurance you lose your job and you get sick and you don't have access to healthcare, and god right. forbid something that's cancer right and that's a quarter million dollars right now. so i have a lot of and i just pray that we can all be healthy and have good situations. Right. Um, I think for me, it's, 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 um, I think it's, it's about protecting yourself. Um, being a good steward and protect yourself. Um, yeah. I like, I love a good vacation. I like, I like to be treated well. And it's funny, my wife will tell you, like, you know, yeah, I'm the one. I always make sure I pick the hotels because <laughs> I would like my vacation to be better than my better than my life. Why not? So, you know, you know, I, I do like some nice experiences. Um, but As I do too, bro. Like I, trust me, I, we we hey, we out here, bro. We out here, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, you need to. It's so important, especially like every time you're going through like a downturn or a recession. You know, one has to think about what else can I do on the side, and start where you are. Even if, even if you have five dollars or ten dollars to invest in a month, do it. Because I think, for me, it's a little about the um, discipline, and you know, 
the journey of a thousand miles cliche, right. but it does start with the first step. Right. And so start where you are, like find whether, whether it's Robin Hood or you find some index fund, or just start putting $10 aside for basic investments. Um, and let I would it also, I, I would, I would, I would say even your, um, just, even if it's just a company 401k retirement oh, plan, sure. that's free money. Whoa, like if I That's tell good. you, so I left two companies ago. <laughs> um, the the a company that I was with that I left about, I think I left that company about a year ago, and so I had contributed to the you know to the four hundred one k, and they had matched at half the rate that I contributed. Good. Um, and so I did the max. They <laughs> they matched their maximum amounts and i left the company after almost five years right and so you see you stop contributing they're not contributing anymore but i decided to leave it in there mm. i didn't i didn't withdraw it i i didn't do it you know i just left it and i didn't add i didn't add anything to it i didn't add a penny to it in a year even with this pandemic the slump that we saw in march that the stock market hit and you know it went down in March. I, if I tell you that that amount has grown by over 10k, even with that still, yeah, without me, you know, adding a penny to it, yeah, I I was I was like whoa, yeah. And then of course I I I you know I'm I'm very passionate about this as well because I feel like I I know that it's an issue with a lot of people, you know. A lot of people don't, you know, like you said, if, if one thing goes wrong, they're, they're out of a job, you know, God forbid mm -hmm. you get sick, God forbid you're, you know, yeah, have a health scare or whatever, or, you know, if it's, you know, maybe your, your child or, you know, a family member or whatever. And now you see all these GoFundMes, you know, popping up. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, unfortunately, but I it's, think, yeah. I think you have to protect yourself. I think you have to definitely, you know, learn to cut your coat according to your size. That's something that we're, you know, we're not always, we, we, we've heard, but we don't, sometimes we don't necessarily take too, too much, but knowing that, hey, if you don't, if you don't have the money to buy something, don't buy it, you know, or don't, or don't, if you don't have the resources to afford this lifestyle that you want to live, just live the lifestyle that you can live. Like, forget about what anyone else thinks. You know, do what you can afford without putting yourself into more debt. You know, that a lot of people <laughs> kind of do. Yeah, I, I think for sure. Like, I think the first thing is a couple of principles, right? First thing is you save first. Right. Kind of like how you put, like, you're traveling on a plane, you put your own air mask first, and then you have a person next to you. You got to save first. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, save first, protect yourself. When, when I, just get into the habit. You know, my dad, he would say, growing up, he would say things like, um, set a goal. And this is, you know, set a goal and figure it out. So don't necessarily be constrained by your current. So for example, and he's probably fine with me sharing the story, <laughs> but the first house my dad purchased or built in Nigeria, right? It was 
he, he saw this house. I was like, oh my God, like, this is the lifestyle I want for my family. This is where I want to be in the future. And so he started thinking, but based on his income at that point in time, it didn't make sense. But then when you have goal and you just like, you focus on it, you can start finding new ways to make up the gap. So right. whether that means for a person, you start a side business or whether it means you, you know, you do, you turn your hobby into start charging for it. There's so many things you can do online, in person, Uber, whatever. Right. You know, I follow a guy on Instagram who, um, he lives in Atlanta. Dude basically like goes around, you know, those like, uh, not the tricycle, like the, the birds you get on, he basically like has a truck. Dude picks up like 10, 12 at night, charges that thing overnight, takes it back out. That's like picked up his student loans. Wow. Over 30K. Over wow. 30K. <laughs> nice. Charging. Right. Uh, but, so, so for my dad, he basically, you know, put that out there and he was able to Find the funds somehow. Legal means this is only legal. legal. But um, right. be able to create, you know, and then, and that was for him, it was very, it was transformational. So, and sometimes I get myself thinking, like, oh man, I really want this. So let's say, he's like, don't feel constrained by your salary. If you want something, you make it happen. But that means you, yeah. And that's, I think that's something that's so important. I feel too many of us, have taken on labels. This is, oh, I am, I am an engineer, I'm an accountant. I studied accounting, so I'm an accountant. I couldn't do accounting jobs, fine. But you may have 35 years experience as a cook. You may have years experience sewing stuff or driving or like, right? there's so many things you can do. You could be an Amazon reseller. Like there's so many things you can do, real estate, I don't know. or Airbnb, right? And once you start opening up your mind and taking off limits of who you are, it leads to creativity. That's amazing. But one needs to be disciplined that you don't get in over yourself. But as long as you like create more and you keep on trying, the first thing might not work, second thing might not work, but you keep on trying, you will make it, you know, you, you will get there. Right, right. I feel like it's just like take the limits off you yourself. Know, don't see yourself just only as just one thing. And Nigerians, we agree. I, I love the lake. The spirit of Lagos is like I went back to Nigeria for Christmas. I go back most years, almost every year. And I was at a party. I met this guy. He was like, I was in mid 20s then. He was like a few years younger than me. And we so, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a student. Oh, wow. What are you studying? It was Lagos Business School. At the same time, it's like, yeah, I also import cars. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I also export leather. I'm like, wow. And then he does like, he does something with cement. I think he sells cement <laughs> while all being a full-time student. And wow. that's like the spirit of Lagos yeah, to me. The hustle. Like the hustle. You make it happen. You have the nine to five. This one, even though you're selling eggs on his side, and my grandma, she sold eggs yeah. <laughs> at a point in time, and many other things. Right. Um, like, there is no shame. 
there's no dignity. There's always dignity in work, right? right. It doesn't matter. Regardless, you know, exactly. Exactly. And as long as it's legal. As long as it's legal. Right. We don't want to do that hush puppy, whatever. Please. We don't need <laughs> <laughs> We got too many. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, that that's awesome because I'm actually in that phase right now of of, you know, taking, you know, where I had to step back and say, hey, I'm a pharmacist, you know, I'm in healthcare. Okay, so is that all I can do? No, I've, there's more to me. One, I've been in leadership these last, you know, like three years or so almost. What, like, what does that mean? How can I leverage that? How can I get, you know, do more with that? Okay, fine, doing that now. Okay, I've been in kind of real estate in a, in a way, you know, I was able to get my first property and, you know, do things with that. Okay, now how do I get back in that in a way? How do I, you know, and so I'm kind of in the process of kind of doing that or, and now it's, you know, kind of finding this, you know, with the podcast and, you know, kind of with this, the social media channels and, uh, you know, in, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Of, okay, now kind of putting myself out there more, you know, in a way and removing this, label of oh i'm just this you know mm-hmm. um that no i'm i'm me and there's many gifts and talents and i can kind of do you know yeah a lot of different things it's not just the one thing you know exactly. that i've been trained and conditioned to do you know for however long and so i, I think that's that's amazing because i'm that's where personally I, I've, I've been going through and learning that and you know seeing being able to remove that layer and getting into different aspects of different things and so Pisaya, it's so important i mean particularly for our generation right we have to continually reinvent ourselves yeah i think for Re- me I've, this is my fourth job but kind of like my second or third career in a way and wow. reinvent yourself because um the nature of jobs jobs are changing right. and uh jobs of yesterday are going to be automated Machines yep. will be doing some of them. AI will be doing, you know, it's going to be automated. Right. And new opportunities created. And, right. you know, we need to have the growth mindset to embrace and reinvent ourselves. And, you know, it's so important. Otherwise, because if you do not reinvent yourself, if you're opposed to changing with the times and evolving some, to try new things, Sometimes you may be forced, so it's better for you to choose to reinvent get a, yourself. Yeah, get, get ahead of that, and you know. Yeah, and I, what you're saying about like taking off the labels of a person, like that's so important. Like, I think, you know, I'm in my thir- early thirties, and I'm still the things I thought about. I knew about myself. I'm still learning about myself. You know, right. we don't we don't fully. I think human beings are wonderfully made. And most of us only scratch the surface of what we're capable of. Right. And so if we see ourselves the way that our maker sees us, um, there's just so much we can do. Right. We we have obstacles, like some obstacle, people like me, I'm very analytical. And one obstacle, people like me sometimes is over-analysis. So they say you have a business idea. Ah, let me just build a model in Excel to forecast if it's worth my time. You'll be building, building, building. By the time you finish 
you found a million reasons no and maybe they might be small yes there's some valid risks but start start something yeah just keep take going. a measured risk right and try something and you will learn from that experience right and i'm kind of in that process too of just like building something by myself this time and um just put it out there and you learn and for me my expectation is not to have rocket growth my expectation is here just make a sale okay yeah make a sale and that's process of you creating a product and selling it victory then you have learned a step one step two make two sales or maybe learn and figure out is this product the right product or not but that builds confidence because one thing that i listen to podcast now i'm lately i'm listening to how i built it on npr the npr podcast and they feature entrepreneurs i listened to, the last one i listened to was one by the lady um payal um she 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 started class pass and you know she had to like you just start something just try and be be open to reinventing yourself and your products <laughs> right so i think the fear of, once you take off once you learn how to set the bar and learn that there isn't anything as real failure it's just you learned a way that didn't work <laughs> or yeah. or you took you took like that frees you to to pursue things more boldly and stop caring about the joneses like end of the day half the people in this country cannot afford 500 dollars in <laughs> surprise bill right. chances are half the people you're trying to impress are broke <laughs> you know right. like doesn't matter everyone has issues we're all trying to figure this out together so right. Just do you and start where you are and um, be open to reinventing yourself and reinventing the things you create and just, you know, go for it. Awesome, man. Man, this was, this was really, this was really good. Yes, that was really good. Unfortunately, we have to stop here for now, but stay tuned for the third and final installment of this great interview with Falabi. And if you're enjoying this, please like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast, the Instagram page, and the YouTube channel for more. Thank you. See you soon.